Hi, Phelan McAleer here. And Michael Henney. Welcome to the Anne and Phelan Scoop. Today, we have a very special uh, edition of the Anne and Phelan Scoop. We're going to be talking to Katie Hopkins, the British commentator, newspaper columnist, and all-round interesting person. We recorded this, uh, this show a little while back, uh, just before Boris Johnson prorogued Parliament and all the things that have happened since. But actually, the interview stands up really well. Um, and uh, so please watch it. Uh, it's we've had a great time with Katie and uh, and as we said we're probably we're and more than probably we actually are going to go to um to London for Brexit on the thirty first of October and, and it looks like us, there will be a Brexit and on it the looks third. like there will be and we both have been asked to speak at the Battle of Ideas in London so anyone who's over there we'd love to see you and meet you yeah. at that time come along and say hello so now let's go to us interviewing Katie Hopkins hi there everyone my name is Anne McElhenney and I'm Phil McAleer and we are joined today by the ever wonderful ever fabulous ever gorgeous Katie Hopkins. What a thrill to have you! Yes. <laughs> what a thrill to have you in I'll our. Just keep saying nice things. I'll just yes. yeah, in our humble abode. Um, yes. It's really nice. Thank you so much for coming and making the time for us today. Totally, my pleasure. And uh, Katie has joined us from across the pond, as you might hear. Um, we're joined by Katie, who's one of the freshest voices in the UK today, and that's because I think you tell some uncomfortable truths, um, but you do it with a smile. Uh, and she's very like you're very like Mark Stein, actually. Uh, you can, as someone says, you can laugh all the way through the decline and fall. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. He said, I love him very much, yes. but he has a good, uh, I think it's a similar thing where we deal a lot with a lot of very dark stories, yes. Yes. a lot of very dark yes. issues and yes. very big things. And yes. you can come away from these events or gatherings or conversations yes. feeling like, oh. Yes. And I think what we're trying to do, Mark, maybe myself a little, is also bring the light yes. and yes. see that laughing, mostly at myself, but laughing at ourselves and laughing in the, the, the humour of it is, is really important mm -hmm. too if we're going to carry our message wider. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So who is Katie Hopkins, newspaper columnist, TV presenter, apprentice uh, contestant, I think it's when you first really uh, sprung to, 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 to prominence. Pr yeah. Tell us about that. Tell us about... Yeah, so it was really strange. Um, I ended up, we'll, we'll, I guess, talk about my military background at some point, but yeah. I, I had to leave the army, which is all I ever wanted to do. I had a 35-year regular commission. I was going to be the first female general. That was the plan. Uh, and I was going to be in the intelligence corps all my life. Um, that was absolutely what I was going to do. Um, I had to leave because I'm also epileptic. We can talk about that. Mm. Um, and so I ended up working in management consultancy, working in business. I went to Manhattan and lived in the East Village for, I think I was the only straight girl in the village, obviously, <laughs> for five years. And then um, when I came to leave New York and go back to the UK and had a, had a couple of children, I thought, well, I need to change. I need to do something new again. I need to start mm. over. And in America, I had watched The Apprentice, but the American version, mm. which is actually quite good, because there's this guy called Trump who's quite smart and, uh, yeah, he's quite good at yeah. it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, but actually, in the UK, the, the UK version is the poor man's alternative. It's mm. the dollar store uh, apprentice, I think mm. it's fair to say, run by a very short man called Lord Sugar, who is, yes, yes nipple yes. height, which is mm -hmm. always disappointing. And, and this is one of the issues from a camera perspective, and you guys work with cameras mm. quite a lot. Uh, in order for him to appear taller than nipple height, he would be right next to the camera, and we would all have to be virtually in the other room oh, for a sense of perspective. Oh, I got so it. Oh, nice. Yes. I like it. Otherwise, we were too tall, and he didn't look superior and commanding enough. Anyway, so I got to the end of The Apprentice, and then the reason I became a bit known was because I was the first apprentice to fire 
Lord Sugar. So I told him I didn't want his job, actually. <laughs> and yes. I had a better job of my own, and I left. Very good. Yeah. And you talked about your uh, military background, and, and uh, where were you? Where did you go? So Sandhurst. So I started what, what, off... What, 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 Sandhurst, is, um, Sandhurst is a Royal Military Academy. Sandhurst, you go there to do officer training. Mm-hmm. And I guess for an American perspective, that would be like... West Point, mm-hmm. um, but obviously Sandhurst is better because it's Ooh. British and we're just kind of tougher. Controversial. So, Controversial. Uh, but yes. yeah, so I went through Sandhurst for a year, started off as a platoon of 30 girls, lumpy jumpers, they called mm. us, uh, and we came out as eight. Eight girls got through. Uh-huh. Right wow. And then, but yeah, after that, I had to be medically discharged because of my Can epilepsy. I just interrupt and ask? Give us like a day, like what would an average day in Sandhurst, Sandhurst. be like? Give us, give us like Sandhurst a picture of that. Sandhurst is so, it's hilarious. It's, it's everything, if you can imagine what you think, uh, stereotypical torture army, what can you do to people that would hurt the most? <laughs> Just do that all the time, every hour. So they give you boots that don't really fit properly. All the kit is for males because it, there's no equality in the army means mm. you get just treated the same, which actually is an equality I quite like. Yeah. Uh, but it just means your kit doesn't, it's not made for women or we, we take our weight differently, like on our hips, mm. guys take it on their backs. So they do things like um, get large logs, like six foot, eight foot, you know, four meter long logs, big logs and attach ropes to them and you have to run round with as a group carrying the log round like that's that's like a 30 minute bit and you're doing this at six o'clock in the morning oh or yeah and then they take you out on exercise you know eight days living in a wood somewhere pretending to fire it made up you know enemy like and you do you do lie there in the rain in wales at some point thinking i went to university i did economics i'm now lying in a bush in wales pretending to fire at someone who doesn't want to kill me mm-hmm. and there is a weirdness to that yeah. but i think the good thing about uh, santos is is where if you do go it just equips you with this kind of resilience yeah. and yeah. so whether you're military or not whether you're pro fighting forces or not mm. there is a resilience thing and i think it would be great if we had a form of national service not like a yes. conscription thing but just a form of service that taught kids a bit of this resilience because yeah. I think it's what we're lacking a little bit. It's interesting, actually, you say that. It kind of brings up that, you know, that Jordan Peterson, I mean, and he has the rules for living or whatever. Yes, and, I, 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 and, I, and he was talking, I just watched a thing from him the other day and he was talking about, you know, one of his rules is like, make your bed. I think, isn't that it? Clean your yes. room. Yes. You know, really, you're going to take on the world? Why can't you clean your room first? You know, yes. and I'm a bit loath to say that, actually, given the fact that you've just seen our house. Um, <laughs> your house is lovely. Your house tight. is light. Right, okay, great. As yeah. well. Yeah, and the certain rooms in this house you haven't seen because everything got shoved in there uh, before before you arrived. That's what we all do. It's kind of like Dorian Gray, you know. There's, there's certain rooms that are tidy because there's one room that's really untidy. Yeah. Like the thing I think we all relate to as well is, you know, when you're selling a house and we do this weird thing where we pretend we don't function like a regular person. So we do things like we take the toaster or the toothbrushes and we put them in a drawer. Yeah. Because what? What Normal people don't clean yeah. their teeth. Yeah. We just pretend to be, yeah. oh, this is how we live. Exactly. Like this sterile thing. So, yeah. uh, no, you have a lovely house. Well, thank yeah. you. Very well, thank you. Uh, um, so I suppose to get to the news, we would like to start with the news on this podcast. Um, let's start with the most recent news, uh, Brexit. <laughs> yeah. Um, Boris is now heading towards or is Boris heading? Actually, give us a give us what a backgrounder. Yeah. What's what is Brexit? Uh, why are we going to see it? It's, it was three years ago, and is Boris going to deliver it? So excitingly, um, Britain's always had a sense. I think that we, we feel ourselves in decline. We know we're falling. Many of us, you know, I'm very outspoken about the fact that I don't want America to fall as we as we have fallen. That's mm-hmm. why I'm here in America. Often, that's my message. Yeah. Don't let yourself fall. 
So the chance that we had to vote about whether we wanted to be in the EU or out of the EU was a massive opportunity for all of these voices that are never heard, never seen in the media, never appear in the London press because it's all of London and the establishment and the elite. All of these voices that I knew were out there all had this one day where we got to go to a polling station, we got Mm. to put our cross on the piece of paper and we got to say, no, we don't want to be governed by bureaucrats. No, we don't want to be part of the EU anymore. And no, actually, from my point of view, no, I don't want open borders. No, I don't want to be part of Schengen. No, I don't want Merkel's migrants here. No, all those reasons, for whatever reason we tick that box, mm. 17.4 million of us voted to leave. And so 23rd of June 2016 was, was definitely the best night of my life ever. And I've been married twice. So, uh, but I was so overjoyed, not only because I could feel that Brexit was going to win, I knew before, and then it happened, but just watching the faces of the BBC uh, broadcasters, watching them, and they couldn't bring themselves to say, and leave has won. And you could, there was yeah. contortion. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was the same when Trump won and, and they had to call Pennsylvania. Yeah. And CNN were like, Ah, you could, they couldn't physically, it was like they yeah. were vomiting words. Yes. And so, so Brexit happened. The UK voted to end our relationship with the EU. But for three years, that hasn't happened. It looked very likely it would never happen. Every conceivable device and mechanism and fraudulent use of the law that could be used by the establishment mm-hmm. has been used. And now suddenly we've got Boris. And Boris marched into number 10 He fired every single one of the Remain, so the people that would wish to stay Mm. in the EU. He fired every single one of them. If you were sitting on the fence, he fired you as well. Uh, Mm. You know, he really just went and shook the whole place up. So super exciting. I think Brexit is going to happen. And I believe we will leave on the 31st of October Mm -hmm. uh, with no deal. So the deal thing was about, would we leave with a deal where we sign up to a bit of this, Mm. a bit of that, a bit of this? For people like myself, strong Brexiteers, true Brexiteers, you know, we'd much prefer to leave with no deal and start again. Sorry. One funny story, briefly. Um, my father um, and I have, we both have the Union flag. I know, mm-hmm. like, I love being in America because you fly your flags. Like, mm-hmm. I get properly emotional about it because we don't really see the Union anymore mm-hmm. around yes. the UK. Anyway, so my father has a Union flag, and because he didn't get the Brexit he voted for, he's 72, he put the flag down to half-mast Aww. as a protesting in his little village Aww. in the countryside. And then a few neighbours came knocking with to my mum because they thought my dad had died. Aww. And she put the flag at half-mast because someone was dead, so dad had to go back up and put it yes. back up yes. so that no great. one was dead. I yeah, it. I know, it's a cute little <clears throat> story. But And what I love about um, Brexit as, the, as a whole kind of the bigger theme for me, and it goes back to what we just talked about at the Academy, is resilience. Mm-hmm. And what I think it's really shown, actually, is that the silenced people of the UK who are never seen in the media, but who you might see at the local Sainsbury's or, well, it wouldn't be Whole Foods, it would be the dollar store. T- yeah, Tesco or whatever. Tesco, yeah, whatever's the equivalent. They, the, the resilience of those people to still demand what they never got, I think is yes. quite, it's been yeah. really emotional yeah. for me because yeah. I, I love them all. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, we're, we're, we're planning to be, um, and we hope we could see you in London, actually, yes. on the 31st. We have, yeah, we, the, the Alan Film Scoop is going to London. We're going to London because um, I, I, I mean, and, and I'm not British. Film is British. I, I'm not British. I'm emotional about it. Um, yes. And um, we were funny. We watched we watched the the, the night the, the the special night in 2016 together in 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 our, in our home, and we were like, 
And it ended so quickly, you know, it was yeah. so it was so fast. And as you say, this crumbling faces yeah. of, of the BBC um, <laughs> and Sky News is like, you know, what, what happened here? Um, what a, you know, and, and as you say, it's exactly right. It was a very similar night to the night that we had when uh, when Trump when was Trump elected, um, and we had a, 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 spect- a spectacular night Just of the joy, yeah, yeah. Dr- of joy. And Phelan actually wanted to drive around the Hollywood Hills actually with <laughs> playing <laughs> playing the American uh, playing the American anthem with a flag out the back. Which was journalistically, it was a journalistic Jur- a expert. Journalist. Yeah. That is very yeah. I also want to add for the record, I did spend an awful lot of my adult life trying to get out of Britain. You did? Yes. Uh, that doesn't uh, change the, the EU rule, the EU vote or anything like that, but I just, just <laughs> want to put that on the record. Uh, I, may, I may have been born British, but I But it's interesting you it talk about that emotional thing. I mean, I, I, you know, yes. um, we... Um, we're we're very friendly with Claire Fox, the the yes. um, the MEP, <laughs> and she's as, and so she's, as amu- <laughs> she's as amused as everyone by me by me saying that. But uh, and she uh, what a wonderful person and she and soon to be former MEP and, yes. uh, and, and, and she's and she's praying for that yes. as we all are. I, I have to say I'm I'm kind of a, I do want Brexit and I would love to see the vote honoured. But did you know that Claire is an MEP for a year? She gets a pension. So, for the rest of her life. Yeah, for the rest of her life. From so, Europe. From Europe. But then, of course, as much as I admire Claire being in the Brexit party, inside me, my gut is not a fan of Claire because I knew her historically when her, she was more left-wing than the IRA. Yeah. Yes. 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 So there will always be a reaction to Correct. me. Yes, yes. you don't, you don't want her to get a pension then. No. no, I don't want Claire Fox to get a pension because she was the one that was celebrating when the Tories were bombed in Brighton. Yes. So she's your friend, but to me, she'll always be an IRA supporter. Yes. But I love the fact she's still... Uh, yes. I love the fact that Brexit Party embraced somebody yes. like that. And I also love the fact that Anne Widdicombe, yeah. who's a member of the Brexit Party, who was in the hotel, that was bonded by the IRA, yeah. is in the same party was, as Claire Fox. It That's was a very... Cool and also, but also, it, it, she's, a, she's a huge Catholic, though, Anne Widdicombe, oh, correct? Yeah. So she's obviously forgiving and... But, yeah. but, but, but I mean, yeah. I think... I was going to say it was a very clever thing of Farage to do to bring all these people really? together. But actually, it wasn't that clever because... This transcends right or left, actually. Democracy transcends yes, yes. right or left. And Brexit, in a weird way, because it was always films. these... I mean, I, I grew up on the left, and we were always anti-EU. You, you know, from a uh, from an anti-democratic mm. point of view. It was, you were always, even on the left, you yeah. were anti-EU. And on the right, you were anti-EU from a, for a different, probably for the similar reasons, actually. It's similar. And, and actually, I think back then, the EU was kind of seen as a right-wing grouping. And, but it just shows you the amount of posing that goes on in politics. You know, none of those lefties were anti-EU. They were, they were, they were virtue, virtue signaling their anti-EU-ness. But when, when it came a chance to get out of the EU and implement the, the wishes of the people... They they, they they will not do it. They, they, they will refuse. Mm. It's unbelievable. And I think that's where the leadership of the left is so disassociated from the, you know, the real meat of, of the Labour heartlands. Because, as you know, many of those Labour heartlands voted leave. Yes. But, of course, yes. the leadership, as you correctly say, yeah. had no intention of implementing that ever. And I, and I think it has been one of these really, really a pivotal moment in, in, for the history of the UK, this idea that we had a vote that had the potential to be ignored. Yeah. Because the, the people in power said that we made the wrong decision. You yes. know, and that, that then you're asking people to pay their council tax. Oh yes. no, it's, yes. no, 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 no! It's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's unbelievable. And we've had this thing. thing. Oh no, but it's, we've had that thing as well when we've been home, and people have been so anti anti Brexit, so anti Boris. Yeah. And uh, 
And I, you know, and we try, uh, you know, we don't want to fall out with everyone we know. We don't want to have, we want to have some friends left. You'd like to have some friends. Like to have some friends. But one of the, like I said, somebody said something casual about Brexit or whatever. And I said, and I don't, and really, it is an emotional issue because, you know, the suffragettes, they threw themselves in front of horses. They died. Yeah. They were force fed in prisons. For what? Yeah. So, you know, we're actually spitting in the memory of these incredible women who did this incredible thing to get this universal suffrage, which now is a nothing burger. Now it's like, and I have heard people, and it's so extraordinary to hear per, a person who calls themselves liberal saying things like, basically saying, well, smart people should be the ones voting. And it's like, whoa, yeah, they whoa did when, it, when did yeah. that come out? Yeah, yeah. I, feel like, I feel like we asked, uh, can I just mention, I think we, I feel like we asked Katie a question and didn't let her answer. So part of your That's question... That's because I'm listening to you. So you, the way you um, speak is really... Uh, I mean, I know you'll be aware because you've known each other quite a long time, but your enthusiasm that you load into every word you say is a very cool skill that you have. I could sit and listen to you for ages. Mm. Look really. at you. No, Thank no, no, you. it's real. It's very, when you speak, there is a really, you could just go for it yourself. I'm oh, very happy just well, to listen. You. But you're passionate about what you are saying and you're so connected to what you say and that's yeah. very different to many people in our world yes, or yes, I mean we're yes, not in the same world yes, probably yeah. but yeah, yeah. who deal the behind pleasure. cameras and yes, behind microphones yes. sometimes you look at them and you yeah. think are you are you even hearing yourself yes. because they perform a thing yes, yes. I think what I you guys mean. and it's noticeable to me is you are meaning what you say you're so connected with what you're trying to say like do you mean this authentically no, well, like, so I'm just observing so that I, 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 I want to go back I want to go back to because you asked the question whoa that's okay. definitely well, somebody at the door. That's somebody at the door. <laughs> that it is could be proof. someone fun. That yes. is evidence that, that, is evidence we, uh, that we are in a house. That yeah. we have friends. Have friends? Maybe, yes. maybe. <laughs> Who knows? It could be someone fun. If it's someone really fun, we should invite them in. Yeah, yeah exactly. Anyway, so you were going to ask a question. I was going to ask, I was going to go back to, do you think Boris can pull this off? Um, because the forces of darkness yeah. almost is like, I mean, it's really, and it's. I, I just think it's such a, it's, it's such a potentially dark... T- I, I think if you don't have Brexit, if, if the Brexit doesn't happen on the... T- I mean, it's like... I, 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 it's such a shattering of, of everything great about Britain. It's great Britain. That's all done with, for me, is yes. the word great. You know, yes. it's like... This is such a travesty. It's, just, it's beyond belief that this could happen. But anyway, how do, you, fe- how do yeah. you feel? I, for me, and you tell me if I'm wrong, I think of anyone in the whole of Britain, and of course I don't know everyone... I think you've got your best shot there, is my, is my yes, feeling. Yes, that's exactly right. That's how I feel as well. Uh, last time I met Boris, luckily, I asked him to marry me. Oh. So I've already got that in. Now, I know he Excellent. goes through girlfriends at quite a rate of knots. So oh. I think there's like oh, no. potential right there. All right. But, my point but don't is, spill wine on a sofa or no. No, that oh, would yeah. be bad. Get yeah, off me! Yes. Or whatever the name yes. is. Yes. With his guardian provided that's equipment, right. allegedly. Yes. 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 Anywho, I think you're completely right. Our best shot, if there is one, is Boris. I also think because the thing I love is that repeatedly he said we are out on the 31st hell or high water and because he didn't ever back away yes. from that or say I misspoke yes. or backpedal I feel like that is do or die yes. and if he's saying if we don't okay then general election and I'm out and then at a more boring level and a less emotional and exciting level when you just look at the mechanics mm-hmm. of parliament yes. they're not back until the 3rd of October, um, 3rd of September sorry by the time they then uh, if they did do a no confidence vote which is what they're talking about to get rid of Boris Mm-hmm. You have to then wait 14 days to have another one. Basically, because of the way timing works, they can't get Boris Johnson out of there before the 31st of October. Mm-hmm. So I think because of timing as well and because it's Boris, 
we're going to get Brexit. Uh, Let's see. So Brexit happened back in June 2016. 16, yeah. Was it an Arbinger? I love the word, but I can never pronounce it. It's a lovely word. Though. It's a lovely Arbiger. word. It's kind Arbiger. of a word we pulled it out, actually, in referen- and kind of in deference to yourself there, because it's got a kind of a nice Brit feel to it. It's Arbinger. 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 Was it a Arbinger of uh, Donald Trump and that election? <laughs> Was it, you know, should people have looked at Brexit and said, Trump has a chance? <laughs> uh. So I just want to try and squeeze a word in of my own that I love. Okay. Purview. Purview. Oh. Oh. So Lovely. Thank you for that. Yes, it's definitely within my purview to answer this question. Ah, yeah. Yes. And the harbinger. Yes, it was. So what I think is if you take the UK, yes. um, which I'd like to have a little model, but I haven't, and then you just put it 90 degrees anti-clockwise, the UK, you have America. So you have... Uh, you have your East Coast, you have New York, and then you have your West Coast, LA, and those two places are so different to the rest of America. Uh-huh. And we had that same thing with Brexit, I think, as well. You have, you know, London, yeah. and then you have this brilliant place that I live in called the rest of the UK, <laughs> where real people live that voted Brexit. Yes. And are my kind of people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why you could see, and it's why I went on CNN and called it that, that Trump would win, because you could feel that same energy. If you came out here, I came out here, followed Trump uh, at his convention and on the circuit, you could feel regular America, re- rest of England, mm-hmm. you could feel that same thing and you could feel that he would win. And, and so I think it's exactly that parallel. And I think what's so terrific about the fact Trump isn't a politician is that that's precisely what people needed to be yeah. freed. And I think the other thing Trump has done brilliantly that's worked the other way is because he's so explicit about fake news. Now, mm. whether you like that term or not matters not. He has raised a awareness that is now visceral in people mm-hmm. not to trust what they're told or at least to question and challenge mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And that has gone back over the pond to our side. Yes. People now, they might not use the fake news term, yes. but they challenge and question, am I being told the right thing? Yeah. And yeah. the other great thing about Brexit not being delivered until now is people have realised these politicians really aren't on our side. Yes. yes. The, there's something about the human spirit or being a voter or belonging to Western culture, I think, that you want to believe in democracy. Yes. You'll even hold on to it with, like, your fingertips yes. as you're, like, falling from the windowsill yes. because yeah. you know it's not true. You're like... And you so want to believe in democracy that what Brexit and the, the lack of delivery of it has done has made people really go, actually, there's no, they're not listening to yes. us. They yes. don't care. Yes. And that's a real parallel between Trump disenfranchising the media as being powerful and our, uh, Brexit disenfranchising our politicians as having power. Yeah. I think that's been very liberating for regular workers, normal people like but, me, or yeah. normal people. It's almost a spirit. I feel like in Britain that there's almost a kind of a, a Dunkirk spirit yes, it is. there it's right like now. Blitz. There's this kind of you know, and and, and the, the grit of the people. I mean, we heard yeah. some great stories of during the time during the the run up to the, the the vote on Brexit, where you know, and we heard we heard a great story of like where there was like hairdressers, oh. uh, and they'd be saying things like, "Well, we did the googling at home, <laughs> and we got together and we all sat down together, and we did we did the googling, and we put a chart up the pros and the cons." And people took the vote so seriously. seriously. They realised, unlike a lot of your votes, a bit like here, by the way, where, for example, here in California, if you're a conservative, your vote doesn't count, right, in the presidential election. Yes, or it because sits in a box. Exactly, it's not, you know, whatever. But, but, but in Britain, it was, this was a referendum, yes. and people were very clear, I'm the same as anybody now. I'm actually the very same as anybody. I'm not in a marginal I'm not, seat. You know, it doesn't matter.
matter. It doesn't matter. So, so I'm in Luton or I'm in Leeds, wherever I am, it doesn't matter because I am the same as everyone else and my vote is really going to count. And people took it really, really seriously. seriously. And for this to have happened, yeah. it's really... It gives me the goosey. Oh no, yeah. it's incredible. Okay, my little hairs on my arms just went pew. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then people took pens with them. So you would oh. see people on Twitter with taking a picture of their biro, their biro or their marker pen to yeah. say, I'm taking a pen so they can't rub my pencil out. Oh. And I'm like, that, that's oh. the stuff. Yeah. That's these people that are so determined you're not going to take away my voice. I'm going to put it in pen. But, but God, it's incredible. But just like here and just like there, a large number of people have refused to accept mm. both Trump's election and the Brexit, Brexit result. Elect, Brexit result. Either they've tried to challenge it legally, but they've also tried to challenge it intellectually, procedurally, but also that it was the wrong decision. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. wrong. Yeah, you get no marks for that. You you made a bad choice. But people, I think people really showed their colours. AC Grayling. Um, You know, it's like... Most people, what do you say, most people in Sutherland wouldn't know how to spell, spell sovereignty. Like he, he you know, that. you know, A.C. Grayling. What is it? He's the he's the philosopher laureate. Yeah. Is that yes, correct? Yeah, yeah. You know, he should be disgraced. He should lose his job. How dare you speak like that about people? And yes. and We've those people in Sutherland, out. those people in Sutherland would teach him a thing or two about how the world works. It's so and, true. Oh my God, it's unbelievable. We've how dare he? Professor Brian Cox. The, he was oh, a yes. musician and now yes, he's yes. a yeah. And he came out and said something. Oh, you know, well these people who are experts, maybe you you, you should listen for once to people yeah. who actually know something. Oh yeah. It's very much that sense of it, I think. And and I think it, that that's the truth of it is if you go to these places, these these small towns where people uh, cared enough to go and vote when they've got a job and they've got childcare to look after and something else is probably wrong and they're looking after mm. the mum and dad, they still got there and voted. Yeah. Yeah. They'll be the good people who do something kind if, if Grayling fell over in the road. They'd be right yes. there to sort him out. They'd be the yeah. nurse taking care of him in the hospital. Yeah, and, exactly. and that's, that's the great thing. It's been so uplifting, this Brexit thing. But it's something. interesting. I mean, it's so instructive. Like, what a horrible human being you are, AC Grayling. What a mm. horrible man you are to talk about mm. people like that. And, and and what I find really hilarious is this is what a liberal voice sounds like. Aren't you meant to like the little people? Aren't you meant to like, you know, those kind of people who would stack shells in Tesco? I thought that was I thought that was the whole identity of the liberals. Yes. Was that they were like they just they cared more than those horrible conservatives, you know. Yes, well they've shown themselves. Yeah, it turns out actually to be a liberal means that you are a massive supporter of open borders, you are pro-migration, uh, you are pro-endless immigration into the UK but it is because you can live in splendid isolation inside zone one and two in London and I think that was very telling as well for us when we were just observing the marches for remain marches so people that wanted to stay in the EU those marches were full of zone one and twoers so the most affluent people Mm -hmm. in London and they were mostly white Mm -hmm. you had never seen so many white people in one place in London Mm -hmm. I hadn't for a very long time but these were the remainers who are preaching to us about allowing everybody in, but of course never have to rub shoulders because yeah. they have private schools, private healthcare, yeah. you know, and that's the thing is unless you live amongst it and are queuing for a school place, you know, mm-hmm. we've run out of school places in some of our towns and cities yes. now. Women, uh, mums particularly, don't have a place for their kid in September, I, the, you know, mm-hmm. w- uh, women I know. Um, and if, unless you're a person whose dad can't get their hip because old people aren't allowed hips anymore because it, they're too old and it's, yes. what's the point? Yeah. Uh, unless you're those people, you don't get it. 
Yeah. So that's why Brexiteers got it, because that's the sort of stuff that made them vote. I think. Oh, yeah. listen, I mean, and that, that hip stuff, by the way, my father got a hip replacement at 90, and, you know, he rocked on for another five years, and, uh, I mean, and I remember that the, my well, sister... Well, we know someone who's, who's paid, oh, yeah, who has paid a, taxes for years, for 40 oh, years yeah. of her yeah. life, working Wonderful life, friend of and she needs a knee. She can't. Two Not years. Two, two years. years. Oh, I two year wait. Two yeah. years. Yeah. And, she's, and in she's in pain, excruciating pain. pain and she's this great woman. And it's like, that's an insult to her. That's so, an awful insult. So, yes. Let's imagine. <laughs> let's imagine. You, this is you trying to maintain order and discipline yes, while yes. we start chin wagging about yeah, yeah, yeah. our friends' complaints. Oh, that's about right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, carry <laughs> on. <laughs> carry on. Carry yeah. on, regardless. Yeah, carry on, regardless. Yes. Keep calm and keep chatting. But socialised medical medical care or yeah. socialised healthcare yeah. systems, when you do, just, just to pick up on that before we get to your thing, uh, socialised healthcare, when you hear Americans, particularly liberals or Bernie, uh, you know, promising everything will be for free, yeah. you do want to kind of get a bus yeah. and say, come on the bus, I'll just drive you to my local hospital, have a little look round, then see how you feel yeah. about this situation. Yeah, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? You oh, want to show it. Listen, I, I mean, need to get into hospitals can, yeah. and show it. Yeah, we've pl- f- we have plenty of those stories there from here. There are four here. million people in the Republic of Ireland, one million people on the waiting lists. Well, that's a good stat. I mean, it's not a good stat, but it's a useful... Yeah, I mean, there's actually, it's hit one million now on waiting lists. For, it's really for, horrible. For various, various it's really procedures. Horrible. It's like, so one on four, it's like, uh, you have to wait, uh, you know, it's... it's, it's craziness, back to craziness. your thing. Yeah, back to the order. Unless, back to the order. Unless you girls just want to talk... So no. I want to talk... All right, what's your, what's, what would you like to talk about next? Because I'd like to talk well, about something very serious. Well, no, uh, I suppose it's post-Brexit, right? Post-Brexit, So okay. let's imagine 31st of October... Boris emerges victorious and says, peace in our time, we've got Brexit. So then the UK is then on a path to prosperity, vicars and cream, <laughs> strawberries and cream. He was tired of London, is tired of life. But the UK is now... On a trajectory to a, a golden age. sort of age of yes. brilliance. Yes, is that correct? <laughs> I'm just going to say yes. You forgot the bit, though, where on the 31st of October, if, when we leave there will just be the moment of just enjoying yes there will be there needs I, to be a moment need of to that. take a moment yes. of just pure enjoyment that's right that despite everything and sort there. of celebrating the resilience of the british mm-hmm. people that feels really important to me um but then after that yes i think there's going to be some bumps in the road but i think they because of project fear this kind mm. of talking down of what's going to happen the doom and gloom oh there's going to be no medical supplies oh, yeah. oh no planes milk. will fall from the sky well, yeah. because it's been talked up in that way to be the end of time uh anything that's actually going to happen it probably won't be that bad mm-hmm. you know it's a bit like when someone tells you this is going to hurt a lot yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> cheers for that yeah. and then it hurts a little bit less yeah so i think that's part of it and i also think there's something and this is more an emotional side that says because we're so happy that we've got it we're prepared to take a bit of pain for yeah. that yeah. because yeah. it's so worth it. Yes. Yeah. And with Trump there saying, oh, we're going to give you, oh, yeah. you know, a deal, I think that's really so helpful. Oh, I think that is someone. really helpful yeah. and, they'll be, and they'll work well but together. You, you've been negative in the past about the demographic changes say, in oh, London massively. And, and the UK. I mean, Huge. Is Brexit going to... Uh, tell, people, tell people about the UK well, my, now. Yes. And do you think Brexit is going to help hinder that or is, is, so are they two separate issues? My view on, on the state of Britain, and bear in mind this is a view that is loathed by the left. You know, I was called the biggest bitch in Britain, the most hated woman in Britain. Um, you've had death threats. The standard stuff of Fuji Hardies came out to behead mm-hmm. me. Uh, they're now in prison. Um, the British government commissioned a play called The Assassination of Katie Hopkins. Those billboards went up. You know, we have Tommy Robinson, who is in prison as a political prisoner. Um, So all I would say, I'm just on a preface that people might think I'm quite nice and reasonable. 
but that's not how I'm perceived mm -hmm. in the UK. I'm perceived as being one of the most hated figures because I'm outspoken about uh, what I see as the loss of the, my country. I believe within uh, 10 years, the UK will be um, an Islamic or majority Islam country. Islam will have taken over. And that's not just me being kind of a doom monger. Mm -hmm. By 2035, um, I am a minority, whites are a minority. And by um, in the next 10 years, in the next decade, Muslim births will outnumber births to any other. The number one name in the UK is Mohammed. And the number two name is Muhammad. Mm -hmm. Now you can say, well, that's also fine. But of course, that isn't about integration or adapting to our culture. That is about not wishing to integrate, that our culture is inferior. Mm -hmm. And so it's an Islamic culture that we have. And the way that that then becomes hardwired into society is there is a Muslim housing association. Mm -hmm. You know, there is a Muslim police association. Imams select the police officers that are allowed to patrol in cities like London, Birmingham, Manchester, Luton, Leicester, Bradford, all of those cities. I'm a minority white. All of them have Muslim mayors and our mayors, as mm -hmm. you know, are the power players. They're the ones that control finance. Um, and the strategic location of mosques and building of mosques in areas where, so for example, gold is green is a Jewish, Jewish yeah. uh, traditionally massively, yes. a heartland, if you will, yes. of Jewish people yes. in the UK. Yeah. I think they that's were fair. the first Jewish people I ever saw when I, went, I moved to London in... 30 years ago whatever I, I walked up Golders Green and I was like it's like literally for a guy from Tyrone it was like literally being in a foreign country yeah. it was like yeah, wow yeah. this is an amazing and, yeah. and, and those, and those beautiful buildings the architecture yes. there the, those old houses and uh, yes so. and so, so that is where the next mega mosque is going in to Golders Green wow. so I think it's those sorts of things where you go this the strategic takeover is in place and the fact that this population is expanding so quickly demographically mm. uh, you know means that we are forced out in many different ways. So speaking about the lady who has lost her places for her children, yes. because what they do is bring in outsiders into towns, but mm. we haven't got the infrastructure yes. to facilitate that. So all I guess I'm saying is uh, Britain, I believe, has fallen. I believe Britain will become a majority Islamic country. And people like my family, others like me, are looking towards Hungary and Poland. Mm -hmm. My Jewish friends are leaving for Israel um, in numbers, especially obviously in France and Germany as well. The Jewish population is on the move. Mm -hmm. yes. And the tragedy of this is that it is a, you cannot talk of it. Yes. You cannot speak of this. Obviously, you just called every label. That doesn't matter, except all those labels. But it's that this is not a conversation that is allowed to have. And yeah. one of the things that's really weirded me out over the last couple of days, a lady I was staying with had the radio on. And the guy, I think it was Rush Limbaugh on mm. the oh, radio. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. And so I was sitting there thinking, but who's this talking? It was the radio. <laughs> and I was like, but it's coming from the radio. This voice is... And I couldn't process... That someone with those views was, was being allowed on the radio. to speak on the yeah, radio. Yeah, and I walked up to this gadget like I was some alien. Yes. So, yeah. Because it is not possible. It's hard to convey this to Americans. Mm -hmm. It is not possible for those views to be... I was almost wanting to put a pillow on the radio to protect the man because... Yeah. He yeah. would be arrested for that yeah. stuff. There's yes. a lot of people who'd like to arrest him here, by the way, and would love, know, to, no, and would love to stop him. But the fact but no, that you cannot oh, even say that. And no, the fact absolutely. that Fox News was removed yeah. from the UK because it's not acceptable TV for our people. Yeah. I just think we're in a darker place. Yeah, and there's no freedom of speech. People don't know no. that. You can actually get arrested. Uh, I've been arrested, yeah. yeah for, for, for saying, saying something. something. Well, yeah, so in my case, uh, my, so I was arrested by the 
major crime and homicide command of the Metropolitan Police. They deal with the most wow. serious murders, mass murders in the countries. They arrested me uh, for a column in The Sun where I alluded to the fact that migrants coming across the Med were very enduring in nature and I called them cockroaches. Now, of course, if you layer on cockroaches with Rwandan genocide, there's going to be hate speech. And so I was arrested, taken to a police station, interviewed by two police officers with the full, you know how you used to do a recording by pressing play and record? Yes. That's what they did. I was kind of like, oh, that's weird. Those oh, machines still exist. That yes. machine still exists. <laughs> but anyway, so interviewed under caution um, for that. So being arrested is sort of normal for me. Mm. Or having my, often my children are reported to social services is how the left also go against me. Yeah. Oh so then I have social services around. Yeah. And if you have my views in the UK, you can't adopt children anymore. So this line is becoming blurred yes. between yes. what is an appropriate parent. Yes. And so my parenting is in some way called into question mm -hmm. for my political yeah. views. Now, after the Manchester bombing... I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to talk about Manchester. Um, just extraordinary and because earlier you talked about fake news and um, the fact whatever the, whatever version they have of it in Britain uh, but people know they know the smell and the look of it and the fact that that horror horrific extraordinary terrorist attack was you know isn't sort of constantly talked about to me is extraordinary these were children so children were, I'd love you to talk to, to I mean, extraordinary. Well, it's almost like, it's almost like there's a collective agreement. We're not going to talk about Manchester. Ariana, Gra uh, for, you know, anyone, by the people way, British, American mm. people probably don't know. Ariana Grande, you know, is a pop star that I don't know an awful lot about. But she, she appeals, I believe, to kind of to teenagers, really. Young girls. To yeah, really 10, young girls. 11, 12, that kind of age. So they went to Manchester, to the arena in Manchester. I'm just tearing up just thinking about it here. Um... You know, obviously massive crowd, you know, mums and, da and dads come in in the evening to pick up the children. Yeah, they just kind of drop them off so that they had a grown-up night out, a lot of And these then mum and girls. dad were outside when the kids were starting to come out. And this is where a suicide bomber went and, and released a, a bomb, uh, an improvised bomb that he'd created at home. A guy educated in, in Britain, by the way, uh, correct, um, and, and killed 22 darlings, somebody's, somebody's children. Um, and, and Britain doesn't seem to be, it, it's like, I, I don't know how it's not like on everyone's, like almost the end of every sentence in a way when people talk in, mm. in politics. Can you talk to that one? Yeah, and I think that's a bit, you know, the, so he waited for the end of the concert. He waited for them to be leaving through a small, you know, the small foyer area. Mm. And that's when he detonated the device. And I think the frustration is that Manchester came after as well a number of Islamist terror attacks mm -hmm. in the UK. So it wasn't like a, the first one. We'd had many others before. And what had started to become, because I was writing for the Daily Mail at the time, mm -hmm. uh, two columns every week, and what had become very clear was the sort of formula for yeah. response to terror. Mm. So the immediate thing was obviously thoughts and prayers straight mm. out from Sadiq Khan. Um, the second thing is the candlelit vigil, so you have the candles. Yeah. The third thing was the Eiffel Tower lights go off, or you light the building up with the flag if it's a different country that's had the terror attack. And then the next thing is somebody in uniform comes out and warns that the real threat now that we face is uh, Islamophobia yeah. and people attacking Muslims. That's always the standard re response template for terror. And I think what it was for me emotionally is the same emotion you have and it's still now is that real anger actually combined with um, sadness that that seems that that almost sort of like it's an anaesthetized 
response mechanism that doesn't ever allow anybody to get into the mm. substance yes. of the matter that people are slaughtering our kids. You know what I mean? It's like putting a Band-Aid on yes. something and hoping it will let's keep it nice and yeah. quiet, nice and calm. And I, and I was the, you know, and I still am, I still seek to be the antithesis of that. I want to rip the bandage off and say, no, look at it. Mm. Look at the kid with whatever now she looks like. Look at this. Because I think unless we continue to be angry, we're in danger of always just having this, oh, we carry on and we yes. will not be cowed. And then and people, it's so frustrating, these Dan Snow, the sort of well-known historian came at me with, look, Katie, we're not cowed. Here I am walking through Hyde Park. And you go, oh, what, is that you not cowed? <laughs> You're still walking through a park? Yes. Yeah. Well, cow, if we're cowed, what is it? We have to just hide in our homes. Yes. Will that prove we're cowed? Because we are cowed. Oh, yes. sure. Because when I cross the road, I get my kids and I stand them next to the, what do you call lampposts in yeah. America? Yeah. Lampposts. Yeah. And I have them next to the metal. So if someone rams a truck into to us, they're going to be okay. I've started yeah. parenting techniques that are about if I hear a truck coming, yeah, you're thinking, they know to go in the door. Yeah. That that is not okay. That yeah. is cow. It's like you know, it's like you know, all the broadcasters in Britain and all the government building, they suddenly haven't taken an interest in gardening. They've got these large planter boxes outside oh, yeah. you know and other places and churches they've got planter boxes they're not interested in flowers they're there to stop people in trucks uh, and uh, driving into the buildings and blowing them up you yeah. know uh, you know uh, the christmas markets in germany they didn't suddenly take an interest in in, in planting in flowers. mass gardening in mass yeah. gardening yeah. For, christmas. for christmas no this is to stop jihadis with trucks smashing into a christmas market you know and we're told that it's not religious. It's Islam is a. It's nothing more religious than you know than smashing a, a truck into a Christmas market. By the way, and you know, you the idea that we're not as you say, you're supposed to be able to walk through a park. It's not a. It's not a yeah. sign of. Just prove you're not cow. <laughs> yes, 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 yeah, yeah. And so that was that that thing. And then I think the the difference in the response template for a white guy committing a terrorist yes. uh, uh, action with a with a multi-action rifle or a shotgun or a whatever yeah. you know the this whole oh thoughts and prayers blame trump yeah. um a candlelit vigil oh no blame the nra yeah uh turn the lights off the eiffel tower blame all white people yes. those responses are so different the yes. contrivance that is political I, I find that really disgusting and then you, but you wrote a famous tweet about this mm. about about uh, i i, I you could a final it. solution a final to solution terror is needed. Yeah, and you lost your my job. radio job. Yes, which I so that's a regret. I don't regret what I wrote in a sense because I, I this is this needing to be the antithesis of the calming and the anesthetizing of a society. Mm -hmm. You've got to sometimes get in there. Now, is that wording particularly helpful? No, it would have been better to say we need a lasting solution. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but okay, that came out, and I was bloody angry that morning. I, you know. Um, but did it lose me my radio show? Yeah. And yeah. did I, lo I love, I miss it, I miss it, my radio show a lot. Yeah. And the reason I miss it is it links to the Brexit thing again, is that people called, it was a call-in show, 10 to 12 yeah. on a Sunday. Uh, it was the most popular uh, Sunday call-in show, the most popular commercial show. So all I'm trying to say there is it wasn't a failing radio yes. show. Yes. Yeah. I'm not trying to big myself up. But people used to call in. And because I was one of the only, well, I was the only conservative voice, on a radio, so mm. I relate to Rush. Yes. Um, 
people would call in and they would tell me their stuff oh. because they're in their kitchen and they're in their pajamas often or something yeah. or like with their family or making a roast dinner they just talk to you and they tell you all these th- amazing things and those voices represented all those other good people that thought like that mm-hmm. and that's why i really miss it and that's yeah. why i regret the tweet because i don't get to have those conversations yeah. anymore yeah. and i think they mattered for yeah. britain in a way that people felt they had a voice for a bit yeah. So I regret it in that way. One of the weird things was I spent, I was so angry, I spelt, I think I spelt Manchester wrong. I, I'm, I might be wrong, but I think I did hashtag Manchester. I think I uh, spelt it wrong. And interestingly, in terms of false hate crimes that are committed, there was a contrived setup in a Muslim home in one of our cities in West Yorkshire, and that mm. police force is yes, particularly unusual, yeah. West Yorkshire. And that tweet was... Re was scrawled on the wall of this man's house inside, so it became a hate crime that I was going to be arrested mm. for. But the spelling mistake was also repeated on the wall, hmm. which is kind of weird because if you're a graffiti artist looking to hate Muslims and bash them, it'd be weird to have a typo, wouldn't it? Yeah, you you, you might if you're a native native English person, you might know how to spell Manchester. Hmm. But if you were not a native English person, you no. may not know how to spell Manchester. No, it was so just weird that they picked it straight off. Anyway, mean, of course, it got me into a lot of trouble. I mean, luckily, there's no history of hoax hate crimes anywhere, ever, is there? <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's, been no, there's been no hoax hate crimes in America. I, I don't, no, just, I can only think of eight in the last two days. <laughs> yes, yes. So. <laughs> Um, I'm moving on to something completely different Let's now. Let's do that. Because, okay. we're, yeah, because we've kind of come to the end of this conversation, but I always ask our guests um, a couple of questions at the end. And one, the first one I want to ask you is, if you were, what's your go-to, what's your, what are you famous for cooking in your house? <laughs> it's a funny question. If my kids were here, they'd be like, <laughs> mom's stuff now. So I'm not really a cook at all. Um, I have a husband, surprising fact. People are always surprised I have a husband because it seems incredibly un- unlikely. Um, he's called Lovely Mark. He's lovely Mark. Mark. But he's prefaced with lovely because everyone thinks he's lovely. Really annoying. That he's calm. He listens properly, like an opposite of me. Anyway, so Lovely Mark does most of that stuff because he's smart. But I, the one thing I do is roast dinners, roast potatoes, roast lamb or roast beef. And roast vegetables. You have to have six. That's my dad's rule. Oh, yeah. So then I can invite my mum and dad. Six. six vegetables. Six things. Six, yeah. Six, six things. Six things. Six things on the plate. Do you want six things on the plate? Six things. And is there any, um, is there any hack in there? Is there any kind of life hack in that particular roast that you would want to no. share with people? Well, the, this thing I would share is potatoes, uh, always hot fat, duck fat, oh, yeah. goose fat. Oh, yeah. Two hours. Good. Parboil par 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 first? first? Oh, yeah, parboil for like five, ten minutes. But then I go and for then peeled? Oh, you've got to peel first. Yes. Then you parboil. Get with the and, and sorry, someone in this house doesn't peel the potatoes. Correct. But to do roast, roast potatoes? Yeah. We don't well, do roast she's, potatoes. She's not British, you see. I think people are supposed to know about potatoes. Yes, yes. Potatoes, but yes. sure, the goodness is just underneath the skin. So six things and a roast potato, but I love a roast dinner. And the reason I love it is it's got nothing to do with food at all, is because I'm on the road a lot. Yes. And so when I go home, I obviously don't cook a lot. I do a roast and it becomes like a thing or yeah. a ting. She's going to do her ting I'm now. I'm going to do a ting and I'm going to invite my mum and dad and we're all going to sit together and then I feel like I am less of a terrible mum. 
Second so thing that. I want to ask is, do you have a cocktail mocktail uh, drinky that no. you would... No, wine and it needs to be a screw top. Can't stand corks. Oh, I love screw tops. I, oh, anybody oh. with all the... Oh, it's just life is too short and, and I'm all about... Corks yeah, and I pretending love, to taste things. Yeah, love the Get screw top. It. Totally with when you. When people taste wine in restaurants, I just want to go, oh, please, yeah, your yeah. life is this small. Number three, last thing that I want to ask you is um, a piece of art uh, that, that, that means an awful lot to you. So a poem... A a play, a, a piece of music, a painting, a sculpture. What's your... I go piece? if every time. So if uh, by Kipling. And the reason I uh, go with if, the poem, if you can keep your head when all around you are losing theirs. Uh, those sorts of lines to me are, you know, if you can treat um, triumph and disaster just the same. You know, though there's massive... Gives me, it gets me Absolutely, time. 100%. And, and, and the reason, I guess, is because that those are the things... I don't really care what my kids want to be or what they want to do or if they want to work in a supermarket or whatever. I don't care as long as they're healthy and as long as they can learn some of these things, like a resilience thing. If things are really awful, maybe you can still find the funny. And maybe if things, if you're doing real great, maybe you can be kind enough to see other people aren't doing so great and you might be able to help them. Like those things seem to matter a lot more to me than being really good at something and so that's my stuff, really. Yeah. yeah and we're going to put that up on the Facebook the page. We're going to put the poem up. The poem Rudyard yeah. yeah. Kipling's yes, if what's, really what's the name of the Facebook page, Anne? And the Facebook page is called the Anne and Phelan Scoop. And it's the AP underscore scoop on Instagram and all those other great platforms. Where do people find it on Facebook? Say it again, but slower so and less Irish. Anne and Phelan. And you're, by the way, you're not the first person to criticize me for speaking too fast. The Anne and Phelan Scoop on Facebook. And Tell me how you spell Phelim. P H E L I M. Look right. at you. Do you. Are you looking for a job here, Katie? This no, I'm is just trying good. to help you along. No, no, I'm loving that. And it's on YouTube. You can see our beautiful. If you like us in a visual format, you can see. Yeah. It. You can We're see on it. YouTube. Oh, yes. Many, God. many people prefer me in an audio <laughs> format. I buy that. Thank you so much, Katie, for joining us. Thank this, you. This for has been you. just so fabulous. And we look forward to seeing you in, in oh, London. Yes, I'll see yes. you on the thirty first. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. That's going to be a party. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone.